You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 116. And today, um, we're going to talk about something very, very interesting. We're going to talk about the strange ending of the Gospel of Mark. As most of you know, I'm, I'm not just a leadership coach and consultant, but I'm also a, a, a New Testament scholar. My PhD is in theology, and I've got an extensive background in uh, New Testament studies. And the ending of Mark's Gospel is one of the strangest and most controversial things in the New Testament. And the reason that that I'm kind of bringing this up now, I want to talk about it, was I just finished teaching a course on the Gospel of Mark. And when we talked about Mark's ending, it really generated some interesting discussion and questions from from my students. And the the, the field of studies um, that this kind of comes out of is textual criticism. And textual criticism is where you examine the original text to determine if you're getting uh, the most accurate reflection of what the author was wanting to say. Now, of course, we don't have any of the original manuscripts from the New Testament, but we do have thousands of manuscripts, some of them dating as as early as the 2nd century. So so we do have manuscripts that go back quite quite a ways, and we can trace the lineage. But the Gospel of Mark is a a strange one. Let me just read a little bit to you. Um, And this is, of course, the resurrection story, which we know is central to the Christian faith. But the original ending in Mark ended at verse 8. And we don't have any manuscripts um, that go back uh, past the 4th century, really. All of the the manuscripts that we have in Mark um, end at verse 8. And so let's uh, let's just pick up it. Um, we'll pick up at verse four, and I'll, and I'll read you what 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 we believe is the the original ending of Mark. And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back, and it was very large. And this is talking about some women who have gone to the tomb on the resurrection morning. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, "Do not be alarmed." You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid." Now, the question today is, was this what Mark intended his original ending to be? Or did one of three things happen? The original ending was lost. That's what the New Testament scholar and historian N.T. Wright thinks. He believes that, that there was no way that Mark would end the gospel on this note of fear and doubt. 
And that's, that's actually very prevalent with a lot of biblical scholars. Other scholars think that possibly Mark just never got around to finishing it. Uh, maybe something happened, maybe he got arrested, maybe other things came up, but he just didn't get a chance to finish. And then the third thing is, the third possibility is that, yes, indeed, Mark intended for his gospel to end here at verse 8. And uh, many, many scholars also believe that that's the case. One one in particular, uh, Daniel Wallace, and, and I'll talk more about him in a few minutes. But let me give you just a, a, a taste of the other endings. There's two other endings that go along with Mark. There's the shorter ending and the longer ending. The shorter ending takes up in verse 9, and it says, Now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. And then the longer ending, what's referred to as the longer ending, takes up in verse 12. And it says, And after these things, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Just a couple more verses. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. So part of the the reason that we don't accept this ending as being legitimate in Mark is um, the language is totally different. You don't pick it up so much in the English, but in the Greek it's totally different. Um, from the style Mark's used for for the first sixteen chapters. Um, second of all, as we said when we when we you know look in textual criticism, there are no manuscripts that list this long ending earlier than the fourth century. In other words, all of these these later endings come after the fourth century. Before the fourth century, Mark ended at verse eight. So, what does this mean? What does this mean to us? Is it even that important? You know, in some ways it is, in some ways it isn't. Um, I think understanding that uh, that Mark was actually trying to say something to us by ending the gospel in verse eight, and just to just to remind you, just the these these last two verses, um, verses seven and eight. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now what's interesting about this ending of Mark is we don't even see the risen and resurrected Jesus like we do in Matthew, Luke, and in John. So what's going on here? What's Mark trying to do? Now if you've read the Gospel of Mark and studied it, 
you'll see that that Mark's an interesting writer because he doesn't airbrush out the imperfections of Jesus's followers. He just presents them as uh, Oliver Cromwell said, warts and all. And we mentioned scholar uh, Daniel Wallace. Um, Daniel Wallace says this. He says, by ending his gospel with such incredible abruptness, Mark forces the audience to put themselves in the shoes of the original disciples. Although his audience surely knew that the eleven disciples all saw Jesus in his resurrection body and all ultimately embraced him fully, he ended his gospel immediately. And that's a key word in Mark. Immediately is used almost a hundred times. He subtly invites his audience to make the same decision. So, I believe, I'm one of those scholars that believes Mark intended to end at verse 8. Now, again, if we go back and read the gospel, you see that one of the themes that comes through is this idea of believing before you see. About going to God where our faith is weak and saying, strengthen me. Um, in Mark, we find the the story of the um, the the boy that was very very sick, and his father brought him to the disciples, and they could not heal him. He had a an evil spirit that was that was tormenting him, and the disciples couldn't help him. And Jesus came, and and the the man said to Jesus, Lord, if you can do anything, please do it. And Jesus said, If I can, he said, All things are possible to him who believes. And the man made the the classic saying. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, I I have some faith, but it's not complete faith. And so I think in ending Mark's gospel where he does here, he does put us in the, 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 the shoes of those early followers who had to decide were they going to believe or were they not going to believe. Were they going to accept that Jesus was alive or were they going to doubt? Now, it's easy to say, well, of course, you know, they saw him and they, they believed him. But, you know, in, in Matthew's gospel, it says that even when they saw Jesus alive, it said that some still doubted. Now, it's hard to imagine. You've seen a man crucified by the Romans, and the Romans were good at killing people. And, and yet, and now you're seeing him alive, and it says that some still doubted. So the question for us is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with Mark's ending? Are we going to follow the angel's command and go and tell others? Because that was what he said. He said, look, go go tell the disciples and Peter that he's alive. Well, you know, this was the original gospel message of the early church, was that Jesus is alive. And of course, if Jesus is alive, it changes everything. If he's not alive, then our faith is in vain, as Paul said. But if Jesus is alive, everything matters, everything is changed, and we have everything to live for. So, for us, let's take the resurrection message. Let's not be afraid. Let's not doubt. But let's take the message of Jesus' resurrection, the message that he is alive, the message that he has come and that he still wants to change lives, and take that into the world. Now, what about these other endings of Mark? You know, I studied them, and I've studied them, and I've studied them, and I don't see anything in these that 
that, that I would say goes against anything else in Scripture. Of course, when we're looking at Scripture, one of the rules is we always compare it against other Scripture. And we never build a doctrine on just one Scripture. And so when we look at these, these two endings in Mark, nothing that's said there really goes against anything else that we see anywhere in the Bible. Now, does that mean it's inspired? I don't know. I mean, it's, it made it in there. The, 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 the guys that put the Bible together felt like it, 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 it belonged, but it was always with a caveat, Mark probably didn't write it. So, you know, for you, when you're reading your Bible, be, be knowledgeable of that. The original writer, Mark, John Mark, who wrote the gospel, intended ended at verse 8. You know, these other two endings were probably compiled by another one of Jesus' followers and added later by a scribe who was trying to be helpful and fix Mark's poor ending, maybe in his mind. Maybe that's what he thought. Um, even today, scholars still say, man, why would he end it where he did? But like we've said, Mark probably in, did intend to end it here because he wants to put us in the shoes of the disciples and ask us the question, what are we going to do with the knowledge that Jesus is alive? Well, now it's your turn. If you're interested in these kinds of things, if, if, if biblical studies interest you, if, if uh, studying the New Testament interests you, I want to encourage you to take a look at two, two resources. First of all, my book, Miracles in Mark, and the second is uh, my video course, Miracles in Mark, which is based on the book, but goes into quite a bit more depth and detail. It's a video-based course. It's got notes. It's got exams, or at least short quizzes, and I know you'll love it. The links to both of these, the, the book, Miracles in Mark, and the video course, Miracles in Mark, um, will be in the show notes. I encourage you to take a look at them, check them out, and I know you'll love them. Well, friends, thanks so much for being with me today. Until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.